0: If you want to, give your favorite techno give Gizmo Gang call. Sapiens. Hey, and welcome to Gizmo Sapiens Show 218. Matt and I are coming off our June summer hiatus. Uh, thought we'd give it a break for a month or so. And uh, well, more than a month, almost six weeks. And uh, <clears throat> we're back. And what are we going to talk about? Well, we just went through 10 weeks of the best new Star Trek since Enterprise.
1: I can't disagree.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, everything that we hoped uh, Picard and Discovery would be really was fulfilled in Strange New Worlds. And don't get me wrong, there's still a little bit of a some woke moments in in strange new worlds but they're but you're gonna get that in star trek you, yeah i, I mean, mean if this, you look this, at if you this, looked this at
1: tos a, this is a franchise that was built off of liberal ideas uber liberal ideas uh that that really uh had to be cloaked because of the times yeah you know and, and the further we get away from the origin point the the less uh, cover is required. Yeah, and so we're starting to see some things that was just kind of a wink and a nod before are now being you know dramatically
0: well it, across the face, it, it, which is which is fine. fine yeah,
1: I, I I I accept that for what it is, but give us true diversity.
0: Correct. Correct. And that's what I think you've gotten with, with Strange New Worlds. You know, we complain about there's really, there's no characters in Discovery that you really identify with. Right. You know, and we did have Rios uh, that I, I liked, and he was my favorite character in Picard, but, you know, Picard being a three-season one-and-done um, they, you know, a lot of the the characters from the first two uh, seasons are not even returning. As a matter of fact, they killed the Chris Rios character off in the past, which I I don't see how that doesn't cause divergent timelines and everything else too. But but uh, but from you know episode one to episode ten. Um. They did a, a fantastic job of telling good Star Trek science fiction stories, making some of the old tropes fresh again, and I know there's been a lot of complaints, particularly about the Gorn, because the Gorn seemed to be, the, the at least in the first season, the, the big bad nemesis uh, of the Federation. But, you know, the Gorn was never really – it was fleshed out in one episode in a guy in a rubber suit, so you have to look at it at the times. I actually like what they've done to the Gorn. It makes them much more terrifying than
1: – Than just a guy in a rubber suit. Suit, yeah. In the daylight. Yep. My fear with that, though, is is that because of the way they, they shot that
0: mm-hmm. –
1: Gone are the days of a fully lighted set with a Gorn puppet. Yeah. You know, you're not going to, might as well bring back the guy in a rubber suit. Yeah. If you're going to do a, 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 an episode where there's like actual lighting. It causes additional limitations, I'll, I'll, let, me, let me say that.
0: Yeah. But, you know, it, it, I, I just, I, I like how the, how do I want to say this? I, I like how they've added backstory to the Gorn, and they've added backstory that really does follow along with TOS, about they don't, they didn't know much about the Gorn, and um, I also like how it ties in Talon's backstory um because it makes her more credible as a her character is more credible because she's, you know, as a security officer, she she's an expert in something that no, almost nobody else has. Right. Now that being said, I the one character I was really really and I've always, I'm always attached to the chief engineer characters, being an engineer. But um, I really enjoyed Hemmer. And, you know, for him to now, they, they in, in another.
1: I enjoyed, what I enjoyed most about him was the, uh, uh, the resolution within himself of the the conflict of being a pacifist in a in paramilitary a, a military
0: organization i did i love that part I, well I, I also thoroughly enjoyed i also that liked discussion how he uh, he was kind of a philosopher
1: yeah you
0: know and, and the, the relationship between him and uhura as a cadet and a senior officer who's kind of mentoring her right uh, that you know that was really cool to see it again Something new that has never been done, but it kind of fleshed out the whole Star Trek thing. Because I mean, look at Tilly. Tilly was the first time—I mean, other than Wesley—that they had a cadet show up in the, you know, in the show. But nobody really mentored Tilly. It was just like she was part of the crew, and her rank was cadet. <laughs> I mean, people argue that well, that Burnham kind of did, did, but.
1: but... And that was dumb because what, Lorca was a genius, but who's going to put disgraced Michael Burnham with a cadet and say, hey, you have such a great career. Why don't you mentor this this brilliant yeah. scientist slash engineer who wants to be in the command track? Yeah. <laughs> That's my problem with Discovery. None of the characters over there really have a... Yeah, when when, when we played the role-playing game, one of the first decisions you had to make was, okay, what do you want this guy to be? Mm -hmm. None of those characters have any real definition as to what they do, why they do it. All they are is...
0: They're just characters.
1: is, Is representing some demographic.
0: Yes, you're right. You're right,
1: which we didn't really get in Strange New Worlds. No, back to that. Yeah, Uh, we actually had defined characters. Well, and uh, well, had a role to play, and really the only person who was kind of a floater was Uhura, and they explained explained that yes, in a way that makes sense. If she's on her cadet cruise and she's out trying each department and.
0: Exactly. She doesn't know what she really wants to do. She joined. They gave her a a plausible backstory for why she joined Starfleet, which was her parents were killed. And so she, you know, she wanted to escape and go somewhere that was different so that she didn't have to think about it. Right. And so she joined Starfleet. And now that she's been in Starfleet, you know, through the Academy, she's not sure that she wants to stay.
1: course, now we we know what happens there. So yeah. I mean, it's 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 less of a it's less of a of a uh, development because that character's already been developed for fifty years. Yeah. So I mean, it's I I don't know. I I just I kind of feel like it's it's. I have mixed feelings on the, uh, the, the classic characters being reimagined the way they have. Let's leave let's leave Jimmy off the table for, mm-hmm. for a bit because that's a whole other thing. Um, Chapel is she's my favorite. So
0: far, I mean, I I still. Well, am, she's
1: not Nurse Chapel. Uh, she, I mean, yeah, she's she not. she's
0: well, you know, um, Major Barrett, you know, who was the original Una, right. and then you know became Nurse Chapel as well as the community. She was set dressing. <laughs> you know, there's one episode in all of TOS where she has
1: any significant any role. significant. Well, Anytime Spock went, it went nuts. Chapel seemed to have play a part, but yeah, the the Roger Corby episode. So it is the only one.
0: Yeah, it's the only one where they developed her character and you find out a little bit more about her in TOS, and
1: which so far, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I've only watched him once. I didn't do what I normally do, which is, like, watch the crap out of them. I wanted to Mm -hmm. kind of wait and then go back and watch them again. Um, You know, when there's crappy Trek on. Um, They haven't really addressed the Roger Corby thing yet, right? Correct. So, and the other thing that's, that's bugging me about her specifically is is she Starfleet or is she a civilian? What exactly?
0: Well, you know, in the, in the, um, pilot, the first episode, they, they explain that she's on some sort of exchange,
1: which is fine,
0: but her nurse's uniform is a Starfleet uniform. And it actually shows commander strikes, which is, which is strange. Very, a lot of people have brought that up in the forums and, and on Facebook groups and stuff like that. Um,
1: I mean, if that's like a a a a uniform demoting denoting denoting yes, thank you. I I was uh, trying to find the right uh, right uh, consonant to put in there. (laughs) Denoting uh, like a civilian rank, then okay.
0: Yeah, well, and she's also Uh, she she's they call her Nurse Chapel, but by. She's, knowledge she's more like a doctor.
1: Well, and that's what becomes of
0: her which yeah. is
1: fine. But yeah, again, I think this there's inconsistencies there.
0: Yeah, well, you know, in trying to I'm the the show has been so good that that some of the inconsistencies. this isn't like JJ Trek yeah yeah no, you know exactly. where, where a cadet becomes the captain in the course of two days of the Federation flagship. Um,
1: Which is what I expected if JJ were running this this show yeah. uh, Uhura would be the, the, captain, the captain at the by end, by of, the end of the third episode.
0: <laughs> but you know I've really enjoyed her. They, they've made Chapel a character. And you know, an integral part of the crew, we know she's not going to be killed. <laughs> you well, know, and, and, and that and that's that, part that, of the thing. That's
1: that's the Uhura thing. Yeah. Again, you know, I mean that's that's the problem of using legacy characters. Yeah.
0: You, yeah. you, you know. What's well, and happen. you know, now that's interesting
1: for Pike. Yes. Because you, that's the exploration of the of his dilemma. Yes. Uhura has no dilemma.
0: Exactly. Chapel has but no, no dilemma. dilemma. Spock has no dilemma. Well, and, and that kind of, I mean, speaking of that, that kind of brings us to the um, episode 10, the season finale, where, one, Pike in that monster maroon was amazing.
1: Now, as awesome as it was, I would have been more impressed if they didn't disco the monster maroon.
0: You mean with the the uh, the deltas on the the shoulders? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, it it didn't need that. And
0: I I, mean, I I see why they did it, and it was also I think partly to denote that this was a potential alternate timeline right. that exists. Um, right. But you know that, that that's that's the saving grace. But yeah. I would have been much more
1: impressed. Yeah. Had they pulled an actual uniform out of or re re reconstructed but w- a, 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 what what recon- I
0: loved about it though is that when they introduce him um obviously because he survived he he was taking the role of Kirk right you know in in yeah. all these things that happened going forward that's what it signified really exactly and um
1: because he didn't suffer his accident, Correct. Kirk doesn't become Captain of the Enterprise Surprise. and become Kirk.
0: Kirk. Yep.
1: And so, well, and this is why I, I love, you know, I, I for like two weeks I was like I was hearing everyone's gonna hate the season finale. Yeah, if you love TOS, you're gonna hate the
0: final episode. I loved it. I thought it was phenomenal. Balance
1: of Terror is probably my favorite TOS episode for a variety yeah, for your of reasons. reasons, but it's my favorite episode. And to see an exploration of what that episode could have been like with Pike instead of Kirk...
0: Was phenomenal. Was amazing. Yes.
1: I, I thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: I did too. I did too. And, and I, I thought the way they did it was believable. And I know a lot of people have criticized the recasting of Kirk, but it's not like you're... Chris Pine is too old to be young Kirk, <laughs> so I mean, and, and how then, are they? They're having a problem paying Pine. You know, coming to an agreement for his salary for a movie. They're not going to get him for an episode or two of a show, and um, and I thought I plus thought the
1: other thing about his portrayal is this is not James T. T. Kirk, Kirk. yeah, the way we know James T. Kirk now. What we see in the second season, we should start seeing some of that development.
0: Yeah. Well, my curiosity is if we're going to have a return to this timeline thing. If that's going to be like something they do every season. Because they, they have the excuse. Because second season of Discovery, which are the Klingon time crystals. Right. You know? And, and people, I, I've seen this in the things. Well, did, was there ever mention of time crystals before? And I'm like, who cares? Klingon Homeworld is called Kronos. Where do we get chronography and, <laughs> and you, you know, obviously there there was something about that a long time ago. I mean, we in TOS we didn't know what the Klingon homeworld was called. We didn't find that out until like Star Trek five or six, I think it was six.
1: I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, because that pre- six predated. Yeah, I think six predated. Uh, just barely, or just overlapped with Next Gen.
1: I would have to look that up. Well, but, uh,
0: that's the beauty of...
1: But yeah, it's it's like first or second season. Yeah. TNG started in 86.
0: Yeah, 87. It was filmed in 86. <laughs> 91, so it did have some overlap. But I don't remember in, in Next Gen.
1: They never really had any major Klingon episodes until deeper into...
0: Well, it would have to be after Season 3. So we'll go to the episode guide.
1: that up I mean the, the point here is is that I don't think Klingon time crystals is that huge of a shift no and they've clearly established why they've stopped that line of scientific research you know it's yeah it's it's dangerous stuff, you know, and, and even the Klingons, of all people,
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, that. absolutely, absolutely. It doesn't look like until it was, like, way into season three that we had our first episode with the Klingon, and that was when Wilt Chamberlain came on as the exchange officer. I mean, other than Worf. Right. Um, so it might not have been till season four, which been right around then when they – because that was when they introduced Galron, was the... Yeah. So, you know, it, I, I don't think it disproves anything. I, I think it was a clever device to bring that in. Um, and I think it's a clever device that they can use over and over again to kind of walk through Pike's journey, his 10 years between...
1: Well, anytime he has any doubts about his conviction to see this through, through, I think this is a trope that they can can use that will right the ship. Yeah. Because people are going to keep saying, well, why don't we keep this going? He's a great character. It's a great cast. Let's keep this
0: going. Well, they were smart, though. They... (laughs) Strange New Worlds is seven years, seven to ten years before whatever happens. So they're never going to run the show more than seven to ten seasons because the actors, well, one.
1: They'll get too old.
0: They'll get too old, but they also, they're going to want to do other things. And because of their popularity in Star Trek, they're going to be more in demand. And so they're going to have more opportunities and want to take advantage of them. That's kind of the... The thing. Um, now, there was one outlier episode in the season, which a lot of people didn't like. Uh, my wife and son did not like the ending of it, but part of it was that the writers had kind of written themselves into a corner, and so they had to do do something to resolve the issue, and that was the issue of Embega's daughter, because she couldn't live in the transporter forever. Uh, even he said that multiple times through the season before that episode.
1: <clears throat> but I think that was one of those things that was actually kind of planned to be one of those, like, arcs that. Well, I, I think.
0: I think. Well, if you look at it and you to look. To those people
1: who, who want that in their Star Trek a little something yes. to go along Yes. Well, Star
0: Trek. And, and there were episodes like that in TOS, you know. The 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 one that comes to mind is when they went to the pleasure planet right and you know they they would make a they would say something and the computer would would then change their clothes and you know and uh the the uh yeoman who was with McCoy ended up in a princess gown and and uh Sulu became you know got a fencing sword and kirk you know was fighting Finley, his roommate from the Starfleet Academy that he didn't get along with and I mean there was all kinds <clears throat> and that was kind of a silly episode. And even in Benga's episode there were silly moments. I think Anson Mount did a great job
1: oh, yeah.
0: uh playing there was, there was playing no. a character who was absolutely opposite of Pike. Right. And uh and you know it <laughs> but that episode not only did it give more backstory to him uh, and kind of developed his character more. And Hammer as well. But it also... Uh, Ortegas got to be... You, you, you kind of... Because it kind of got to see...
1: But Ortegas was really playing Ortegas. Yes. Because I think Ortegas was also playing Ortegas in the final episode. I, I agree.
0: Uh, when, yeah, in the alternate universe. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. I Every time... So I also thought it was fun... That they capped, you know, they bookended uh, the first season with Captain Battelle. Yeah. You know. And uh, what what I find funny about that is, uh, I think her, I don't remember her first name, but the actress's last name is Scaramucci. Uh-huh. And she is, she's from Ontario, uh, Canada. But she was Winona uh, Earp on the uh-huh. sci-fi series Winona Earp. Right. And so to see her as this captain versus what she was for f- like four seasons in Winona Earp is, is kind of fun. It's, it's, it's interesting to see that this character or this actress has some range. Right. And I don't dislike the, the captain Battelle character, despite what happens in the last episode. Um, but well, it's it, not her fault. No. And obviously she's going to be in the second season, you know, as a recurring character, just like, uh, like, Admiral April. Yeah. I, I've heard
1: uh, that the actor playing Hammer is coming back.
0: I, I have heard that, too. In some As way. A new character. Yeah. Well, and it, the, the way it was described to me, one of the showrunners was saying, you know, he's a phenomenal actor. Uh, the beauty of the fact that he played Hammer, where he was in full prosthesis, Means that we can bring him back as either another alien character and another full prosthesis, or we can bring him back as a human. You know, so the actor, but you know, the, that's the thing. He's not going to be able to act and be Hemmer. Right. You know, and so it, it's the Hemmer character that I, I kind of mourn because I liked that juxtaposition. You know, you talk about diversity. Yeah. The thought process that you know, so you have Pike. And, and Ortegas and Una and Spock and, you know, and then you have Hemmer. That's the diversity. Yeah. It's, it's not the diversity of races. It's the diversity of thought. Yeah. You know, a philosophy and how do they make it work and work together? And again, yes, there was some little. I, I don't I don't you know, because the word liberal has been misused I don't like using that but it's it it, they really this show wasn't really leftist it was more libertarian a lot of the stuff was about the liberty of things and getting to make the decisions uh, as opposed to you don't think my way you are wrong which we got the the season finale of discovery
1: right Yeah, no. I, I mean, even the even the Pike story. Uh, that is the basis of the whole show is, Pike consistently having to decide Correct. to maintain his 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 fate. Yep. Uh, so to speak. So I mean, he has to make that choice. Correct. So I I, I can can buy a libertarian bent. I mean, it's not Firefly.
0: No, 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 no. But uh,
1: he, and you know where I'm going with. That, oh, I know. But uh, it, it's it's not it's not Woke Trek.
0: No, it's it, it's more true to classic Trek. You know what we really liked, true to even TNG and Enterprise, um, but not true to Discovery and Picard.
1: Well, and, and we've also kind of. Uh,
0: but. I think a lot of that wokeness, particularly in in popular genres, is going away because people are tired of it. You know, look at Netflix and the abandonment of uh, hundreds of shows and Hulu and its abandonment of hundreds of shows. And Disney backtracking on a whole lot of stuff because people kind of quit watching their stuff. So now that we spent a half hour talking about Strange New Worlds and how wonderful it is, if you have not watched it, I highly recommend, um, you know, do a, uh, do the free uh, seven days of Paramount Plus and just binge watch it, you know. And there's some other great shows on, on Paramount Plus you should watch too, like 1883. And I, I liked Halo, um, Why Women Kill, which Paramount just canceled the third season. Um, that was that's a Mark Cherry show, you know. If you ever watch Desperate Housewives, uh, and a lot of the people in that show were were from Desperate Housewives, um, they. I mean, Paramount's putting out some quality stuff. They do Yellowstone, and Yellowstone is returning to Paramount, leaving NBC where they aired it originally, um, which has to be. I Peacock. Uh, I don't know. I, I, the, it has to be completely subsidized by over-the-air NBC television, but even over-the-air NBC television is not getting the views that it used to get.
1: They put SeQuest behind the paywall already, yeah, on Peacock, which is crazy. But that model is really not working.
0: Not for them. No.
1: No. Well, I mean, really, what uh, Paramount is a cable channel. It's and a movie company. It's it's not a ABC, NBC, CBS. Yeah. CBS Paramount. Yeah. Uh, but even that's different. Um, NBC, I guess, has some sort of. Connection to Universal, so I mean, I suppose, but it's not. It's not. Well, but
0: the problem is, it's is
1: not what in it's not CBS and Paramount. No, what I'm getting. At.
0: Well, the, the the problem is, is CBS and Paramount have been the same company for one a long, long, long time, long before. I mean, Viacom, which kind of went away because they combined all the companies instead of it being hierarchical of everything being under Viacom, um, uh, has owned both those companies for. 40 years and so they were already fairly integrated and you know from story writers and and the other thing that happens is that you do not see cbs airs shows that they produce nbc has a tendency to purchase their, their most popular shows are shows that they purchase from other networks or movie companies or production companies i should say And that's really hurting NBC. I mean, think about it. NBC Universal, Universal Studios, because Universal was the Harry Potter distributor, but who owns Harry Potter? Time Warner, which means where are all the Harry Potter stuff? HBO Max. HBO Max has also just got in time, Time Warner, HBO Max, whatever you want to call them, Warner Brothers, just got rid of the CW. I mean, they sold it off for... Not pennies on the dollar, but, like, fractions of pennies on the dollar. <laughs> and um, so a lot of the, the stuff that they were producing for that station is also going away, you know. Um, but on the flip side, they've recreated most of, like, the DC universe lives within HBO Max. If you want to watch it, the Titans, you know, all this, all the better stuff, the more gritty, more believable stuff. Uh, more Marvel Cinematic Universe type superhero stuff, but the DC characters, that all lives within HBO Max. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, Superman and Lois and The Flash, which are the last two uh, DC shows that were on the DC superhero. Well, they're not the last two. There's one, there's also Stargirl, which I actually enjoy. Uh,
1: I need to watch that. I, I, I mean. The
0: first season was definitely better than the second season. but um, And the demographics for that show are more for a, a teenager audience.
1: Oh.
0: Uh, it, well. But the show isn't bad. I mean, uh, Luke Wilson plays the dad in the show. I mean, it's, it's, it's not terrible. And I, what I like is I like the the villains in that show a lot. Because they're not the typical... DC villains, you know. But but that being said, they th- those three shows still exist, at least for their current season. Well, I think the Flash's last season has ended, but there's nothing been said is it gonna continue or not? And and Superman and Lois's season just ended. Um but Superman and Lois has not been campy. And neither has Stargirl. Whereas The Flash was part of the Arrowverse and you know, like Supergirl, there were campy moments and then there's a lot of not in campy moments and they don't blend the flash did a better job. I think of blending them together because the arrow wasn't campy until the very end.
1: Right.
0: You know? And so it, it's kind of in the middle. It has moments of campiness and then moments that it doesn't. And it, it hasn't been a terrible show. And I definitely think, um, what's the kid's name? Something Garrett who plays The Flash, is a much better car- or much more believable as The Flash than uh, Warner Brothers' uh, Ezra Miller pick, <laughs> who's causing them no end of grief. And, you know, they're probably going to have to put all the stuff with Ezra Miller on a shelf. Have you uh, watched any of...
1: Marvel.
0: No, I I I don't watch. I, I mean, when the Bad Batch is on or the Mandalorian is on, um, or or even the Book of anything but Boba Fett, I I will watch it. Some of their Star Wars stuff. I'm I'm I watched Obi Wan. I didn't think it was terrible. I didn't think it was great. Um. I'm hoping Andor will be a better show.
1: I liked Obi-Wan.
0: I didn't think... Of, I liked the Obi-Wan character, and I, li- I actually liked the storyline. Um, I just thought they tried to wrap it all up in a nice little bow at the end, which was disappointing to me.
1: Well, I think part of that is... is well, that it
0: was a limited-run show. Yeah,
1: they, they, it was going to be designed to be one and done. Yeah. Whether or not they, they stick to that remains to be seen. But, I mean, I think it's it harder to tell more story there.
0: It is. But where they have been successful in the Star Wars stories is where their book ended.
1: Right. Which is, which is why I say I, 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 I would be hesitant to go back to that.
0: Yeah. Now, what I would like to see is... Um, I would like to see the Bad Batch cross over into one of the real-life series. The characters, you know. I think there's some, there's some interesting things there. Even if they, you know, crossed them over in the Mandalorian or the Book of Boba Fett, although, I can't, I, I can see bringing the Boba Fett character and the, and the Shand character back. I just can't see them being a separate show from the Mandalorian because that show was just an extension of the Mandalorian.
1: Well, I, and that's—I would be super curious to see how how far they take that. Yeah. Because, quite frankly, I'm it out.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I, I I'm it out. There's, there's nothing you can do on Tatooine that's left that I really care about. Well, particularly after Obi-Wan. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, um, No, it's the
1: iconic Star Wars planet. Yeah. I mean, even, even when they recast Luke as Rey,
0: Yeah. No, it was,
1: It was Tatooine, uh, uh, with a different name.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, I, I get it. It, it, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm actually tired. I, I've enjoyed... I enjoy the, the Bad Batch cartoon. I've enjoyed The Mandalorian. Um,
1: I'm stoked for Ahsoka. Uh,
0: yeah. But again, is just another series that's really part of The Mandalorian story because we've had her in the second season of The Mandalorian.
1: Just because they show... Like <clears throat> this is like Pike... Are we going to say Strange New Worlds is really all about discovery? No,
0: you're right. You're you know, right. I mean, but in the, in the Star Wars universe, they tend to cross over a lot more or coincide in the same episodes <laughs> more often than not. Well, uh, I
1: will say having uh, having the Mandalorian show up in Book of Boba Fett was not the right call.
0: No, I don't think so either because it at that point –
1: he cheapens Boba Fett. Exactly. Well,
0: the other thing is we didn't get enough story of Boba Fett. I also think they did say, they introduced some great characters like, um, <coughs> like the Marshal. Yeah. And then they kill him off. You know, it's like, well, you didn't develop him enough, you know. And then you kill him And off. then you kill him off. But you made a big point of, of bringing him into the show you know um i don't know i i'm just not but
1: the value there was who killed him
0: yes yeah and he, he and he he came from the cartoons that's why i'm i'm hoping the bad batch will have a but particularly since they can use the same actor who plays boba fett to be the to to do clones you know <laughs> although the bad batch clones don't look like him but uh I don't know it, I'm kind of just like Marvel I'm just tired of the Star Wars thing it just
1: well in well, part you know, I and, fear that this is going to ultimately happen to track 2 because there's now literally 52 weeks a year of it it's my fear is it will get to the point where it's like
0: well, see that that's not I'm burned out. I am not burned out from Star Trek because of the I'm way that I'm burned
1: out of Discovery.
0: Now, and, I don't I may not watch Discovery when it comes back on. Uh, I might let the whole season go, read some reviews and then go, you know, I got better time, better stuff to do with my time than watch Discovery. Um, but One of the problems with Star Wars is there's been too little, too often. You know, yeah, we get six episodes of Obi-Wan. But that was like a 16-week break between the end of Bad Batch. And then, you know, it it just, it's they're not consistent. They, if you want to... I have a hard problem with continuity it's fine you want to jump from Boba Fett to X to Obi-Wan to Ahsoka to Mandalorian to whatever but there's no continuity but you know they're all shows that seem to exist in the same time period so maybe we should show them with, with a, a much smaller break and, and the other problem is
1: but that's how you get a Mandalorian showing up in the Book of Boba Fett.
0: Yes, but the problem is, they Star Trek, yes, revisits old tropes, but they try to put a new spin on it. I'm sick of the whole, we're the Sith, we just exist to kill Jedi, I'm going to have revenge on Obi-Wan, you know the the whole the whole Darth Vader story to me is boring. Whether they add the Inquisitors or anything else, if I were if I had been Disney, I might have had the book of uh, or the Mandalorian show and integrate the book of Boba Fett and the Ahsoka stories into it. And but my he, my other headliner show would have been a part of. The Star Wars universe that hasn't been told, like the unknown regions, uh, the uh, the Chiss, you know.
1: Well, and that's the that's that's the driving force, obviously, for me. Yeah. Behind my excitement for Ahsoka. Because, yeah, it's
0: because it's supposed to be about and Thrawn and Ezra,
1: which is uh, to me.
0: But see, I think by, by eliminating the Timothy Zahn stories, who created Thrawn, right. we really aren't getting the real story. Right. And, you know, and those books are old enough that a lot of people have never read them. And so making them into a show, which has, you know, things that are written in a book, you have to change to put them on screen. Which so they wouldn't be exactly the same. And but... They're getting enough criticism on The Force Awakens, and now they're wanting to retcon those. Oh, that didn't happen. You know, that's part of the expanded universe that's not canon Um, because they're unpopular. (laughs) And as much as I love Harrison Ford, I don't want him to come back and do another Indiana Jones movie. He's too old, it's not believable. It was it was barely believable that he was Han Solo. <laughs> uh, I, I I
1: what I struggle with Indiana Jones is uh, the idea of handing that franchise over to Mutt.
0: Well, and if you know yeah. where you're going
1: with that. that, that's like
0: well, obviously that's
1: like a, that's like a James Bond movie that has some black chick as 007. Yeah.
0: Which... Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. I think because of Shia LaBeouf's issues, that's never going to yeah. happen. So, yeah. Crystal Skull, that little part of Crystal Skull, is probably not canon anymore. Um, They should just recast Indiana Jones and tell it from a different point in his life. Like... When he meets Marion Ravenwood for the first time. So we get the backstory why she's pissed at him in Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know?
1: Did we ever get any of that in uh, Young Indiana Jones Chronicles? Nope. Nope.
0: Again, that's a period of time between Young Indiana Jones Chronicles and Raiders. Blank slate. It's probably 20 years, you know?
1: I would think uh, I would think Paramount would be jazzed to do that because that's another one of those properties that's just like sitting there waiting for further exploitation I was going to say development but I'm going to Well
0: see I don't think Paramount has that property anymore Oh I think Disney does because it was Fox I think Crystal Skull came out under their Okay let's go back to the magical interwebs and find out Who owns the Indiana Jones property? If I could spell Indiana correctly, Walt Disney Company owns it.
1: Well, there you go. Even better. Yeah. Because I, I I already own a a fully licensed uh, membership to Disney Plus. I'm still trying to decide if I want to upgrade my Paramount Plus. To T-Mobile is paying for my Paramount Plus, so I get ads, which aren't horrible. I mean, they're like thirty seconds or less. So,
0: I I pay for now. I do the the annual subscription for Paramount Plus, um, where you pay it all up front, but they give you like a twenty percent discount for doing it. And I pay for the ad free because I which like just, watching which TV. Is what I would do, if, yeah,
1: <clears throat> if I were to do it.
0: But like, we don't pay. Well, we don't pay for the ad free Hulu, you know. But there's only like two shows anymore that hulu has on it that we watch
1: now for me the only reason why i'm still hanging on to hulu is the rookie i tend to not want to watch it on 10 o'clock on sunday night i'd just as soon catch that
0: well my dvr picks it up over the air so i just watch it whenever yeah yeah
1: but that's my only reason for for keeping it um I was expecting uh, to get a deal on Prime during Prime Days, and I didn't see
0: a... I'll tell you, this year, let's close with that. Okay. So, it's the second day of Prime Day. I looked yesterday, dug down through some things, you know. I... I'm one of those people who I will add things to my cart and then go in the cart and say save for later as opposed to doing a list because I know usually those are things that are important. Sometimes they are important at the time and they're not important later so I delete them out. Um, Nothing that I had in my cart that I really needed um, was at a discount for Prime Day and nothing else really. I don't know. There was not an appeal for me to purchase other things that they had, which I mean they had some good deals, but just this year just seemed to be kind of a downer for Prime Day to me.
1: Well, and as I was saying, in years past, you could also get a deal on Prime itself. Yeah. On Prime Day, and I was like, I was fully ready to switch to a yearly subscription and just, you know, yeah, pay for it all up at one, but there was no deal.
0: Yeah. Well, even then on prime day, they should work some deals with like, you know, you can get paramount plus, you can get stars, you can get HBO max, all of those under prime. So all you do is you go to the prime app and you can watch all of that stuff as opposed to, to, uh, having an app for each one of them on your phone or on your smart TV or whatever. And, um, I looked there too because they didn't have any deals on those. And there are some. That being said, there are prime shows I really like: Jack Ryan, The Boys. Um, I really wish
1: they would bring the tick back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There. There was a British comedy where uh, it was an Irish woman and she has a one-night stand with an American man, and then they end up. She ends up getting pregnant, and so they end up getting married, and they they end up having this having more kids and. You know, it's domestic, you know, uh, air quotations, domestic bliss type thing, you know. And, but it, it, it's, it's funny because they don't yell at each other. It's more the, the issues that they have outside of, you know, that affect their marriage that are outside of their marriage, like in-laws and things like that. Uh, and then the culture difference. And uh, I wish they'd bring that one back. I think it was called Catastrophe. It only ran like two or three seasons. But, you know, Prime has the same problem that, that uh, not so much Paramount and HBO Max, but some of the other, uh, like where Netflix is a good example, like Umbrella Academy. How long has it been? They just released season three, which uh, my wife and I have finished. But it's been a couple years since they did season two. You know, it's kind of like the Orville. uh, The Orville has ended up being a good show, but it took almost half a season for you to become, one, re-engaged with that universe, but two, it almost seemed like, and I I think I mentioned this before, it almost seemed like it took four or five episodes for the cast to become comfortable in their roles again and act like the crew of the Orville Prior to the last time that you know, in season two, and uh, I just think even even the whole thing where you're getting an, an hour show with no commercials, but you're only getting ten episodes, which is ten hours. Um, we used to when when a short season of a show, which would have been like twenty two episodes on over the air at a half hour, you're still getting another whole hour of television. You know, not to mention if it was a, a series, and evidently the fifth season of Yellowstone on Paramount is going to be this way, is that they're looking at, and those are our shows, they're looking at 22 to 26 shows like a normal season of TV where it runs half the year. Wow. Um, I wish more and more of those, these shows would do that. Now, I can understand the whole Star Trek thing.
1: Can you imagine? 24, 26 episodes of Discovery. I would, I don't think
0: people would watch it.
1: I I, I, I don't would, think fans would watch it. I would it. set my phaser to kill. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: but but I would like to see more shows where you have a longer season. It doesn't have to be 22. To, if it's an hour show with no commercials, but let's do like 16 or 18, you know. Uh, partly because waiting a year to do that, and, and I understand shows like Strange New Worlds, and even discovering them. There's a lot of post-production that goes on with those shows because of the special effects and stuff. But shows like Yellowstone? No. NCIS? No. Um, Although, I'm at the point where NCIS, they need to do something different. (laughs)
1: They have that Australia show coming, which will be the first time they've taken it abroad. Yeah.
0: I actually, my idea for this, so, you know, I, I've read a few things and, and watched a few uh, YouTube videos about this. But, you know, I what I kept saying about Mark Harmon on the original NCIS was that, He's just getting too old to be believable as Jethro Gibbs out in the field. And evidently, that's kind of why he stepped back and he's just an executive producer. I mean, he's 70-some-odd years old. You know, but what I think they should do, since NCIS is a... you, You can establish all these sets of characters, you know, like NCIS Hawaii and the NCIS team and Director Vance and and the NCI LA team. But now that all those shows, particularly LA and NCIS have been on for so long, let's make it one show. And maybe the episode that, but the show runs, you know, 30 weeks of the year. And this episode, it's going to be the team out in LA. And this next episode, it's the team in Virginia. And, and the other thing is, is they already do this anyway but it would make it more more fluid and more believable, is where they call the agents in another city to investigate something in the show, but instead of making it like a special two-parter, it's just something that's part of the show. Yeah. You know? I don't know. It's just me. I think that might be... Now, the Australia thing could be interesting, but... But I want it to be a, a departure from, I want it to be more
1: like an Agent Afloat yeah. type show than your typical NCIS yeah. show. Well, and see, Is that what we're going to get? Probably no. not. What we'll, what we'll probably get is uh, more like shore protection type, because that's what NCIS does yeah, seas.
0: Seas. Yeah. Who knows? Well, I think we will wrap it up there. Let us know what you think. Send us some feedback to gizmosapiens at gmail.com. That's G-I-Z-M-O-S-A-P-I-E-N-S at gmail.com. And we will see you on the digital flip side. to Gizmo Sapiens, a technology and entertainment podcast. You can reach us at our email address at gizmosapiens at gmail.com. That's G-I-Z-M-O-S-A-P-I-E-N-S at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you and we'll see you next week from the digital flip side.